Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 45 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, not as good as you. Happy birthday. Thank happy you. Happy belated Thank you. birthday, but... Very exciting. I mean, you were here to wish me a happy birthday. We just weren't recording that. Yeah, it just wasn't recorded for posterity. And I think if the current age uh, has taught us anything, Matt, is that if it's not public and recorded, it's ultimately meaningless. Sure. I mean, ultimately, it's a picks or it didn't happen situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So happy birthday, 3033. Yeah, I know. By this age, Alexander the Great had conquered the known world. And I, did I make this exact joke last week? Uh, you may have. Okay. It's still a good joke, though. <laughs> good slash sad. But I'm I'm turning 35 this year, so... Yeah, well, Alexander the Great died young. So <laughs> this week we are watching episode 45. It, Alexander the Great. We are watching episode 45 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. It is called The Hasty Santa. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Are you at all interested to know what our first star of the week is? Matt, my curiosity burns like a thousand suns. Uh, well, let I me... am I am the sentry of curiosity. <laughs> the, ex- the exploding power of a thousand suns of mild curiosity. <laughs> um, the first star this week, Dave, is uh, my car is currently in the shop, which is well not... that doesn't seem like a star. Well, I know typically when this sort of happens, it is a black hole. Uh, especially yep. because I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show at the time, I recently had to have my car in a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and it was, I think we just didn't talk about it on the show because the amount of like money and hassle that it took to have that car fixed at the time was like astronomical. Like it, it hurt me physically to have to go through that process. <laughs> and so I had to have the car back in for an unrelated issue, and you know how it is when you send your car in. You hope that it's going to be cheap. Yeah. But you worry that you're going to get the phone call where, like, your mechanic tells you to sit down before he, like, really starts yeah, going Yeah, just like, it. hey. You can almost hear in his voice, like, sort of before he starts talking. Or, like, like before he tells you what's up, you can tell that it's going to be expensive. Right. It's like, and he doesn't even want to tell you because he knows right. how much it's going to hurt. Even yeah, though, yeah, like, yeah. it's him who is getting the money. Like, he just sort of feels bad. Yeah, but Wayne's a good guy. Like, he knows the situation. Yeah. Anyway, so so this time, I brought my car in. And since that had happened last time, so recently, I was pretty gun-shy about it. So, I sent it in. And as it... Oh, because the, uh, the power steering was gone. Just, like, completely gone. There was right. no power steering. Uh, and I'll tell you what. There is a reason that they put power steering on modern cars. Um... So I get the phone call from the guy, and I was busy. I had we'll talk about it a little later on the five stars. I had this big work conference this week. Like we'd been planning it for two years. It lasted a couple of days, and it was extremely busy and kind of stressful on mm-hmm. top of all this stuff. So we I get this phone call and I talk to the mechanic and he says, Okay, um, 
as it turns out, this is like basically nothing. <laughs> like there was a nice. belt in my car that had like frayed okay. and was like coming apart. And so part of that fraying belt was just sort of like whipping around under the hood. And it just like oh. reached out and cut a hose in half. And all of my power steering fluid leaked out. Wow. That seems like, I mean, first of all, great. Second of all, uh, that seems like a pretty serious design flaw. Well, Like it listen. seems as though, because like that is a thing that happens to belts. Like they wear out and they fray. I feel like you would not want to put a thing that would be easily sliced in half by a th- by a belt right next to the belt. Like when you just, you just know that's going to happen. Well, okay. Now to be fair to my like, car and to the designers of it, um, I probably should have had those belts replaced a long time ago. Like this is not something that happened overnight, my dude. Well, I mean, okay. But anyways, oh, that's fantastic, man. I, uh, I have started, so this is the first time in my life that I own, like, a nice-ish car. All my cars before, the one that I currently own, were bought off of, like, Craigslist for, like, a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it is a or, car you know, that like you two buy. Or three, you know what I mean? And, like, you repair that car to keep it moving until its inevitable death, but you don't yeah. maintain that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, maintenance on those cars is a waste of time. Like, you're not gonna... That's just money down the drain. But this is the first time I've ever owned, like, I went to a dealer and I was like, I need a car. And I bought a car. And I have a car payment, which I don't love. But, like, I find... You know, I have this nice thing. And I find... a Dude, I take that thing in twice a year to my mechanic. Because I'm just like, hey, Eric... Uh, you just want to give this a quick once over and make sure everything is a okay. Yeah, I think that that is the way to go, and I think that that is what you do to stop yourself from having the exact situation that I did. Yeah, it does avoid my serpentine belts uh, slicing open my power steering things. So, but so maybe do that. All now. is well. Very excited. Gonna go. Oh, hey, uh, I'm gonna probably swing by your place tomorrow. I'm gonna need to pick up that car. Cool. Um, anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is that I made butter. Okay. Which isn't which isn't an incredible feat, first of this all. Is, like you you are you are speaking literally, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not that's not like a weird euphemism for anything. I literally made butter. Like I had, we had some heavy cream, and it was going off, and it smelled like a little bit, you know that, like, very delicate stage in dairy goods, like, 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 cream or milk or something, where it's like, well, it's not rotten yet, but it is starting to smell a little bit cheesy. Right. You it know is, what I mean? Yeah, it is no longer the dairy product that it was designed to be, but it can right. still be turned into a different dairy product. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm actually pretty convinced that's how all dairy products that aren't milk were invented. Mm -hmm. I'm sure history would bear me out on that. So anyways, I had this heavy cream, and it was starting to go off, and I had like a quart of it left. And I was like, I don't want to throw it away. And I was like, wait a minute. And I've been watching watching a lot of the Great British Bake Off, which is where I'm going with this. And I was like, I can make butter. I'm going to make butter out of this. So I like pull out the KitchenAid, and I made butter. And for a process that is actually very, very simple, I felt inordinately good about it because it turned out very well (laughs) 
But I've been watching a lot of the... Well, I've actually been watching not the Great British Bake Off because I'm out of seasons of that, but I have been watching the Great British Bake Off Masterclasses, okay. which is like a whole separate sub-series where the two judges just do like an hour-long special and they show you how to make the good versions of the stuff that they challenge the contestants on the show to make. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? And dude, first of all, have you ever, you like, do you like cooking shows? You like, do you like to watch cooking on TV? I feel like I should know the answer to that question, but amazingly, I don't. Uh, the answer is yes, sort of conditionally. There are okay. versions of cooking shows that I like, but I do not like all of them. Okay. So like, so... I really like a, uh, like an Iron Chef we've talked about before. We love um, Iron Chef. I love, I love uh, like I love Good Eats. Mm-hmm. Oh, Good Eats but, is great. Good Eats is coming back. Have we talked about that yeah, yet? Yeah, I know. Super. We haven't, but we could. Great British Bake Off is it's amazing. It's one of the best shows. It's unfortunately like things are getting hinky now, and like they change networks, and like two of the judges, like one of the judges left, and it's going to be not as cool anymore. But basically, it's this British competition show. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's twelve people. They're competing for the sh- for the title of like best amateur baker in England. But it's like the chillest show. It's super relaxed. Like everybody on it is really nice. The judges are very pleasant. There's like two hosts and they're sort of like rolling around like goofing and making jokes and like stealing bites of chocolate from the (laughs) contestants. Every time a contestant leaves, everyone's like, oh, so sorry to see you go. We love you so much. Like, it's just like it's this super relaxed just a very nice show because I also watch MasterChef where, like, you know, somebody screws up an egg and Gordon Ramsay is, like, screaming at them about their parentage, <laughs> which I do continue to watch. But the Great British Bake, like, it's just so nice. It's so nice. And, like, they make cookies and, like, cakes and breads and everything. And then the master classes, it's just these two judges. And they obviously, like, get on pretty well. And they're, like, messing around with each other and, like, teasing the one about how she, like, drinks too much. Which I hope she doesn't, but maybe she does. I hope she she doesn't because she's, like, an old lady. Uh, the, the only downside, Matt, that I've discovered of watching the Great British Bake Off... Mm-hmm is, well, I don't eat a lot of, like, white flour or sugar anymore, you know, THM, yeah, 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 because I'm a trim, healthy mama, and uh, the whole show is basically centered around white flour and sugar, like, that's, like, 85% of the Great British Bake Off, like, in various forms. So, at this point, you're just kind of torturing yourself. I am just kind of torturing myself, which, actually, it wouldn't be that bad, because I just don't keep desserts in my house. This is what I've realized. I can't win that fight, so I just avoid it altogether. I just don't keep desserts in my house. I may have mentioned this before. Here's the problem, is that, basically, every day, I take the twins for a walk. Like, I get them out of the house... You know, because it's good for them to be sort of out and about. And, uh, you know, it gives Beth some time to be sort of home alone, which is very nice for her. And mm-hmm. and I stop in. I get a cup of coffee at this place called Phoenix. It's down the road. They do very good coffee. But right next to Phoenix is the Stone Oven, which is a very, very good bakery. And uh-huh. so, like, literally every day I walk by the stone oven and I have to, like, and I've probably been watching these master classes because it's just on in the afternoon. And, I, like, I put it on in the afternoon while I'm studying with the babies because I'm on summer vacation. And so I've just finished watching this and then I have to walk by the bakery on this walk. And uh, I actually I do pretty well. 
All of which to say is I uh, I made some butter, Matt, and it's it's real, real good. And uh, you should watch the show. It's super fun. What, Matt, is our third? I want to just sort of peed it out, Dave. Uh, Mark, no, that's fine. Get that Actually, you know what? Here, just let me let me put a tag on that second star. Do it. Okay, so um, literally drowning in a lack of my own comedy. So you, Dave, have a Android phone. That's correct. I do. Yeah. I got to get a new one. I have a uh, an Apple iPhone. I believe you've heard of them. Yes. You'll you'll see them out in the world. They're basically the same as yours, mm-hmm. um, except for differences that people get into like unnecessary fights about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one handy feature that is on my phone that might be on yours, I don't know. I don't really know how the, they work, um, is that I can set a reminder to pop up on my phone when I get, when I either arrive or leave from a particular location, right? Oh. So I'm like sure it, Google has a thing that would do that for me. Probably, yeah. But it's like a geo-tagged like reminder thing. So like when I I can say like, hey phone, when I get home today, remind me X. Oh, so I could just say like, hey phone, when I get near the stone oven, tell me to not buy an apricot Russian tea biscuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I used to do when I would um I would walk to lunch every day when I was working in Ohio City. Yep. And I would walk past all of these great places. I would have a couple of them tagged to have like to just say like, hey, just a reminder, the thing that you like to get from this place has like this many calories in it. So like if I would walk that. in, my phone would jingle. <laughs> I would look at it and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Dude, I was out to eat recently and I... I don't know when this happened that restaurants all have to have calorie counts on their food, but I'm pretty sure restaurant people fought real hard to not have to do it, which makes sense because I was out looking at something and I, and I just like forget even what it was that I looked at, but it had like 1800 calories for like one meal. And I was below like never in a million years would I have guessed, but they were all like that. All the restaurant food had like, 1800 1100 calories it's like that's enough food for like a whole day yeah, that's insane yeah, man d- listen restaurant food is delicious they put yeah. all that stuff in it all that, that stuff do, that I... you don't put in your food they put in their food and it makes it very good it makes it so so good uh so matt what is our third star of the week third star of the week dave is that um i am i i feel sort of Hashtag blessed that I was able to come up with stuff for the five stars this week. Because as I mentioned, this week was our big like once every two years like conference that our office puts on. But oh, I won't yeah. go into like the what? details of like what the conference was, uh, because then I would have to explain to everyone what my job is, which is not particularly interesting. It's you know, it's a nice job, but it's not Anyways. like it's not comedy gold. Um <laughs> anyway. what's the deal? With jobs. Oh, sorry. So the, the the thing about this conference is that during the day, it, you know, there were like panels and discussions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But during the evening, like Wednesday night and Thursday night, because it went from like Wednesday night to Friday midday. So okay. both of the evenings of the conference, they had like these big like party social events planned, which I was a little like people had told me that the previous ones had all been fun. Um, but I was kind of worried because I thought like there's at least a 45% chance that these are going to be like a total drag you know like you show up to a work party and you never quite know how it's going to go yeah no work parties are weird 
But also, like, not to get into too much detail, but your job deals with, like, a lot of librarians? Oh, no, that's not the problem. Librarians And party. you're a librarian, and I love you, and you're fun. But I don't think of librarians as, like, party people. That, Am I Dave, wrong? is because you did not go to libraries. You did not go to grad school <laughs> uh, to become a librarian and hang out with all those people. Uh, no, librarians love to party. Okay, good to know. Um, that like I know that that might seem counterintuitive, uh, but it is like absolutely the truth. I mean, there, so yeah, anyways. sure, there is a percentage of people who, instead of going to the social events, like just went back up to their hotel room and literally they told me like I'm going to my hotel room, I'm going to knit, and I'm going to drink the bottle of wine that I brought from home instead of going to this place that where there is an open bar. Well, that seems weird. Well, you know, like I said, there's there, there are two kinds of librarians, I guess. So, anyways, so anyway, it was, it's great. So it was fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, the the party on the second night was at the at the uh, the House of Blues, and there was like a band. There were like eleven people on stage for this band. It really kind of felt like the Saturday Night Live band, which might have just been because there was a saxophone. Because, as I think we might have discussed on the show before, I feel like the Saturday Night Live band is the only band left that has a saxophone player. Uh, doesn't... I think Conan O'Brien's band. Like, oh, his house band has a saxophone player. Anyway, but like, you know, you really do feel like someone's going to be announcing Lorraine Newman when there's a band with a saxophone, <laughs> like, breaks into a solo. Um, but, that, like, they were super good, but they were also very loud. And so I was trying to talk to people all night. And so I was having to shout to be heard above this music, right? Yeah. The problem is, about three hours into this, I remembered that I was presenting the next morning at 9 a.m. Ooh. Which was fine because, you know, I was about to get out the door. I was going to get plenty of sleep. What I had not considered was the fact that, like, three hours straight of shouting um does not necessarily coincide super well with getting up in front of like 500 people and talking at nine in the morning wow you gave a presentation to 500 people well i introduced a presentation to 500 people i was only up there for a few minutes but uh this this show goes out to hundreds of people as well this is old hat for me i just pretended (laughs) that, that they were all part of the super sentai brothers nation I did not that pretend that. That would have been fun. Is that a thing we're doing now? Because I, I hope that it's not. I'd yeah. like to formally lodge a protest you're, if you're that's li- something you're trying to introduce. You're, you're anti-SSB nation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically. Well, then, well, then give, me, give me an alternative, Dave. We've been doing this for almost three years. I, I think just, a, you know, a fan club or fans or, you know human beings that have an identity outside of the media that they like to consume. How about that? The Super Sentai Brothers, real human beings who have identities outside of the media they like to consume, but do happen to like the Super Sentai Brothers. Okay, it's let's wordy. figure out what that acronym is, but uh, I'm, I'm wordy, a fan of that. Matt. I recognize that, but it's accurate, and I feel like gives our fans, uh, you know, the kind of credit that they deserve. That's very fair, Dave. Anyway, I had a work conference. It was a lot of fun, um, but you know what else is fun? Whatever our fourth star of the week is, Dave, what is it? So, Matt, our fourth star of the week, and we don't want to talk about this too, too long, but there is some cool new, hopefully cool, new Marvel stuff coming up, uh, specifically some TV stuff. Well, half of it seems cool, and half of it I'm a little, uh, 
So the first thing is that there is a new Fox, I'm, I'm, it's got to be on Fox, called The Gifted, which is an ex-adjacent like show. Yeah, and I, I think know, it's, what's weird is that like with this, and I know very little about it, um, but with this and Legion, there are two separate TV shows that are both X-Men adjacent, but there is no X-Men TV show, which is kind yeah, which, of crazy. Which is uh, a little bit crazy, I think, for the best, though. So, Gifted is actually much more kind of in the vein of Legion, in that there are people with superpowers, but, like, it's not the X-Men. You know, like, it's not following X-Men, and the X-Men do not even necessarily... Like, if they exist in this world, they are not, like, deeply involved like they're sort of like off doing something else i i saw like two like half of one trailer for this show uh just because i was sort of like flipping past it and i did hear somebody like name check the x-men officially okay so they do exist i did not catch that and i think that like the i in the word gifted is like dotted with an x or something like there is some sort of like low-key x-men branding Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's Marvel and it's mutants. So, like, there is an X in there someplace. But, man, isn't it lucky that Professor X's name was Xavier? Wouldn't it have, like, I feel like the whole thing would have lost a lot of panache if his name was, like, Pete. Sure. You know? Uh, anyway, so the gifted, the, the, the storyline of the gifted is that there are mutants, but these particular mutants are kind of running scared they kind of like running from oppression and like someone's hunting them, but they do have powers and some crazy stuff is happening. So I think that looks actually, uh, it looks sort of a little more uh, close to the ground, a little more street level as far as mutants go, which I think is uh, really, really neat. And I'm looking forward to seeing that show. The Inhumans looks concerning. Okay. Well, here's, I, I did watch the trailer for the Inhumans. Here's what I will say uh, to sort of try to remain hype for the Inhumans. I love the Inhumans. Oh, I do too. My fear, my only fear is that perhaps hubris has gotten, there's, there's a little bit of hubris rolling around at the Marvel offices. You know what I mean? Like, we can't miss, guys. And then something like really flops. But anyways, Matt, tell me, what are you stoked about the Inhumans? Oh, Aside Lock- from Lockjaw. Is it just Lockjaw? Lockjaw's in this show, Dave. There's a giant teleporting dog in this show. Like, they just okay, put that well. on the TV, and we get to watch it. Like, yeah, sure. The, like, the costumes look a little, like, weird and boring and, like, desaturated. Um, and also, like, as much as I really do love the Inhumans, I love... I feel like what I love about the characters of the Inhumans is, like, the weird, like like 1960s Jack Kirby Fantastic Four parts of the Inhumans and what people tend to focus on in the last maybe 15-20 years is basically like weird like court drama in a superhero universe which is like cool but it's not like the weird funky bombast that they originally had. Yeah, no, it definitely is not. Although I will say the most recent Inhuman book is like really, really good. And also Karnak has his own series now and it's friggin' rad. Oh, I think, is like, it Warren Ellis writing that? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, and like just somebody got a hold of Karnak and like really started to delve into like what that dude's whole deal is. And I got to admit, I never really dug Karnak. It might be because of his like giant dopey headdress thing. No, dude, but, he doesn't have a giant dopey headdress. He has a giant head. 
Oh, well, his head has shrunk, I think, a little bit. Oh, Anyways. Well, that's boring. Because, like, yeah. that's actually one of the things I would loved about Karnak. Giant head, tiny mustache. Karnak rules. <laughs> so, anyway, this new Karnak book is totally rad. And there is, I think we talked about it, actually, the Cloak and Dagger trailer is out. Oh, yeah. We, I know, I think we did we talk did about talk this because it that. looks super rad, but it's going to be on yet another streaming service, and I'm not paying for another one, which is a bummer. So, I'm just going to have to maybe never watch it or find someone who has a thing so I can watch it with them. But listen, I'm holding out hope for the Inhumans. I want it to be rad because I love the Inhumans and I think the gifted looks really, really cool. So, uh, you know, further updates, I guess, as events warrant. What, Matt, is our fifth star of the week? And make it a fast one. We're going long. Hey, you know what rules, Dave? What rules, Matt? The zoo. I freaking love the zoo. Okay, so yesterday, um, our sister uh, Katie and I were driving around, and we sort of passed by where the zoo was, and we're like, hey, you want to just go to the zoo? Like, we weren't doing anything. It was a Saturday. So, like, let's just go to the zoo, because neither of us had been for a while. So, we sort of popped in on a whim, and, like, listen, the zoo rules. We got to see a bunch of cool elephants. Like, the Cleveland Metro Park Zoo has recently, like, uh, upped their game for a couple of their um Yeah, like, they have real hard. Uh, like the the semi recent elephant enclosure is a lot better than the old ones. They got a brand new tiger enclosure, which is rad. You can get oh, like super super close that. to the tigers. I haven't seen that. I want to go see it. I love the zoo. Yeah, man. But here's what's weird is that I realize because this is the first time I've been to the zoo since I've been in my current apartment, which I've been in like four years. So it's been a while. Yeah. I live four miles from the zoo. Do you seriously? Yeah. Here's what's weird about that. That means that four miles from me is an elephant. Like, <laughs> just think about at it any that given like, time. Don't think about the fact that, like, the organ, like the, like you know, the entity that is zoo is four miles from me. Think about the fact that me sitting in my apartment right now, at like, this particular instant, like right, right now, we're like right now sipping a cup of coffee. Four miles from here is like five elephants chilling. Just like having an elephant day, doing their stuff, eating some hay. I saw it yesterday. Very cool. Four miles like from can't... here, there's a like a little like Australian enclosure with a bunch of kangaroos and wallabies and wallaroos, which I didn't know existed, but now I do because I went to the zoo and I saw some animals. I feel like you can't think about that too hard. Like if you thought about that too hard, I feel like you would just never get anything done except just going back to the zoo. Be like, why am I watching TV? There's an elephant like four miles away. I could just go check out that rad elephant. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I kind of want to just keep talking about it, but that's basically all that I have. It just kept hitting me over and over again because I have never lived. I've never lived this close to the zoo and realized it before yesterday. And just right. the idea that I could like hop on my bike, ride four miles, and see some condors is like bananas to me. <laughs> well, Matt, let's not talk about that anymore as much as I do love the zoo. I just I can't state that enough, guys. I know I sound like a little kid when I say it. I'm 34 years old. I love the zoo. Dude, everyone uh, sounds like a little kid when they talk about the zoo. We were at the zoo yesterday. There was like a 65-year-old woman talking about how she desperately wanted to find where the monkeys were. And you could just hear that it was like the same thing she would have said like 50 years ago. <laughs> so, but Matt, instead of talking about the zoo, let's talk about 
Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Let's do it. We are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 45 of Kaku Ranger, The Hasty Santa, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back to the show. Dave, this episode rules. Okay, I thought that I was going to be a little annoyed at the interruption of the drama that we have been getting the last couple episodes. I do not care. I could not care less. This episode was so incredible. Yeah, like it's it's totally a freak of the week episode. But it's also the Christmas special because this was coming out in December. Yeah, it's kind of not even a freak of the week episode, though. It's basically just the Christmas special. And in the proud... I was actually a little less irritated when I like when I realized like oh this is the Christmas special episode because in the proud traditions of Christmas episodes everywhere it has nothing to do with the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, if you like, if you have a friend that you would like to show an episode of Cocker Ranger, but do not want to have to explain anything about Cocker Ranger, like all of, like the, the big meta story, just give them this one because it's a great sort of like little self-contained thing. I feel like. It's kind of, I mean, listen, someone might look at Ninja Man and say, why is that man a Ninja Man? Like, what's but, up with that dude? But I feel like it's pretty well self-contained, and it's tons of fun. Okay, so let's just get into this. Yeah. We, we start off, and there is a an intruder breaking into a home. I was going to say, it's nighttime. Nighttime, we see a clock. You know, there's like, we see a kid asleep. And yeah, we just we are just seeing the shiny black boots of a strange intruder. Until one of those shiny black boots kind of steps directly onto a cat. Which is easy to do, I'm not gonna lie. In the dark, sure. Yeah, anytime. They just, yeah. So the cat freaks out, the people wake up, and the people that are in the house that were asleep... And they're like, thief, somebody's in here, like something is happening. And it looks at first like it is, we always see is a running Santa suit. And we can't really see who's in it, except that they are not large and rotund. Like this person does not shake like a bowl full of jelly. At first we think it's a, at first I thought it was like a lady Santa, which, you know, whatever. But I was just like, okay, lady Santa, ninja Santa, maybe, who knows? No. Uh, as this is happening, because this Santa books it, and we again, they're sort of shrouded in shadow, and they jump over a wall, and they're running away, and as this happens, Nekamaru drives up, and the rangers jump out, and they chase down this intruder. And when they find him, we discover that it's the best possible version of Santa. Well, I mean, other than just regular Santa. This is little Santa. He it's is Santa. Santa's son. Yeah. So they're like, they capture Santa him. He's like, Junior. He says, Hijo like, del Santa Claus. <laughs> like, what are you, what kid, what are you doing? Like, why are you breaking into houses? And he says, No, no, no. Like I said, I am, I am little Santa. Santa's my dad. And I am practicing so that when I get older, I can help my dad. Like, I'm training to become a Santa. Yes, and, which is, uh, we will get to this later in the episode. Their take on, like, Santa and Santa's helpers is very Dude, strange. Matt, don't even, Matt, just wait. Just wait for it. 
Just wait. I know. I'm so eager to talk about it, too. <laughs> Just hold on, dude. So they uh, they get in <laughs> they get in there, and he says, like, listen, I, I'm really sorry. I know, like, I messed this up. I shouldn't have stepped in the cat. And someone says, dude, it's the 23rd. Like, you're two days early. Well, one day early, I guess. He says, you're early. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't even get that right. He's an adorable. Oh, he is Japanese, by the way. The little kid is. Yeah. He's an adorable young Santa. And it's weird because the little Santa apologizes. But then the kid, like the kid who was at the house to whom he was delivering presents. Oh, because, yeah, they have now gone back to that house. And they're just like sitting in their living room in the middle of the night. It is the family who lives there, the Kaku Rangers, and little Santa. Now, here's why I want to point this out real quick. Because, like, they're just having, like, this, like, conference meeting in this family's living room with them. But none of the people in this family know any of the Kaku Rangers. So it's like these strangers showed up, chased down a child who had broken into their house, dragged the child back, and are now talking to him about his magic dad. Listen, man, there's got to be there's got to be a ninpo for like get over awkward introductions like that has to exist. Small talk ninpo. It's right. So uh, the jerk kid, not little Santa, he's great, like just grabs a present out of little Santa's bag and tears it open as though like that one were definitely even his. Also, you were just yelling at this kid for breaking in because you didn't believe he was really Santa. So I sort of think he gets what he deserves. And. Wait, Dave, do, not. do you think that he deserves an evil centipede to be hiding in that present to then leap onto him, bite his arm, and become a weird magic centipede tattoo that causes him to fall into a coma? Okay, well... Because that's what happens. That is definitely what happens. Uh, I do feel... Okay, maybe I was a little bit... Maybe I was a touch hasty. Uh, but, but that is exactly what happens. And now this centipede bit this kid and is absorbed into his arm. And uh, that's literally like a nightmare that I've had. So that's horrifying. So uh, Sasuke then rips open another present because uh, he just wants to check to see if they're all like that. And of course they are. It's a larger box, like four centipedes jump out. He kills them all with shuriken, which is yep. what I've always wanted to do to every centipede I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have too many legs, man. There's an appropriate number of legs. Have I ever explained this to you, Matt? There's an appropriate number of limbs and joints that a thing can have. And the further away from that you get, the worse you are. And the appropriate number is the human number. Like, two arms, two legs, like, shoulder, elbow, wrist, joint, maybe and fingers, right? Okay. So that's fine. Monkeys... Totally okay. Cats and dogs don't have any arms, but they've got four legs and it's basically the same joints. Those are all cool. So like basically anything with four legs is is pretty much fine. Four legs, good. Two legs, also good in this case. Two le- yeah, two legs, also good, pr- assuming you have an additional two limbs. Right? Right. But if you have fewer than that, like snakes, less cool. And if you have more than that, also less cool. Like bugs, six appendages, that's too many, right? Squid have eight, ten appendages and no joints. Extra creepy because there's no joints there. You have to have the appropriate number of limbs and the appropriate number of joints. You've spent too many a lot legs. of time working on this theory. 
Too many legs, not enough joints. That's why squid are creepy. Octopi, also creepy. Less creepy than squid because they got fewer legs. Appendages, whatever. Anyways, so it's this... It's this, it's this bug thing, and it's on this kid's arm, and uh, they sort of freak out, and then oh, we just Santa leave that scene. At this point, by the way, because oh, everyone right. thinks, oh, this guy actually is a bad kid who has brought evil magic centipedes into the house. Right. He runs away, says, no, 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 I'm innocent, this isn't my fault, and like, he's just I fleeing. did not do this. Right. So we leave... Like, we leave that scene, and then the next scene, it's just daytime, and little Santa is is running. He's very confused. Like, he doesn't understand what's going on. And he runs up to this SUV that has reindeer horns on it, which is incredible. Yes, yes, yes. And he, yeah, and then he is attacked by a football monster whose name is Omukade. Yes. Now, and, for our non-American listeners, this is an American football player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. He is a... Uh, what a hand egg, whatever, uh, football player. <laughs> no, I, anyways, so uh, he is a giant American football player, and he is, he says, I used to just be a giant bug, and it flashes back, and in fact, yeah, he was just like a giant centipede, and he says, but now, oh wait, I'm not going to tell you like my modern secret. He does have like a cool... He does have like a bug, like a centipede theme going on. Like he's got some extra legs coming off the sides of his legs. And on his name tag for his thing, it just says legs. Which, which is, is a amazing. little bit weird because he does explain that he has a name. But he says, oh, no, I have an additional secret now, but I won't tell you. So, so this is what I love about this is that this is the Christmas episode. It contains like a ton of Christmas themed stuff, which we will get to. Yeah. The monster is in no way Christmas-themed. He is a centipede-themed American football player monster. Dude, this this continues to play into my into the thing that you explained the other day to me, and I don't know if we talked about it in the show, that maybe they just had to vamp for a little bit because they oh, just said, yeah. like, listen, man, uh, we've got this centipede monster, and that's the costume that we made. We can come up with something else, but you got to give us some time to push. So, like, I know it's the Christmas episode, but you're getting centipede football, man. <laughs> like, that's what you've got. So make it work. So a, uh, a Twitter follower of ours, um, Adam Thibault, um, sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, shot a quick note to us after last, last week's episode when we were talking about it saying that he had heard somewhere that since O-Ranger was an anniversary series, like maybe they needed to like spend a little extra time preparing for it or it needed to start on a particular day. So like Kaku Ranger was extended a few extra episodes, which is potentially why the previous episodes felt like a finale, because like they just had to tack more episodes on sort of right near the end, which would make no. total sense in this case. I don't know if that's yeah. true. If anyone can either like officially confirm or deny that, I would be really interested to know. Yeah, that would be super... Uh, yeah, just let us know if you know. So he, he won't reveal... Omukale, that is. He won't reveal his modern secret. But he does jump in the SUV and just steal it. Like, that's the whole... There's not even, like, a fight. He just... He just steals this dude's car. Oh, well, I mean, okay, there's not a fight. He, did, he does hit them all with centipede ball, which is just Kaku Ranger ball, but... With, like, extra little, like, leg things coming off of it. And it's got a face. And so, like, little Santa, he's like, oh, no, how am I going to get back to, like, Santa Land Santa's kingdom? Santa's that was world my is what he keeps Santa's referring to world. it as. He's like, that was my ride. 
Uh, and then they say, doesn't, I forget which of the Rangers, they say, wait a minute, that was your ride? And he says, yeah, that's what Santa uses to deliver presents. And they say, what about the sleigh and reindeer? <laughs> Little Santa, the well, this is the, the best part. Yeah, not only does he explain that Santa, of course, has modernized, like every, like nobody else drives it around in a sleigh and a reindeer, neither does Santa, he has a car. But the look on his face when he answers the question. It's like he's talking to a baby. Yeah, like he's talking to an idiot child. Like, do you you ride around in a sleigh? (laughs) Is that how you get from place to place? No. Well, you happen to have like a magic. I was going to say, they happen to ride around in a magic, like, cat that is also a crepe truck. So, bad example. Yeah, so he's like, I can't, he's like, I can't even get back to Santa's world now, I'm not going to be able to do it, and I need to, because I need to let Santa know that all of those presents are actually filled with evil centipedes. And the rangers are like, we we can help you out. So the next thing we see real quickly is they're in Nekamaru, and all of the rangers, at first they're like, so you're really Santa's kid, and there's like a brief moment of surprise. Yeah, I think it's Saizo in particular. It's like, man, I don't know if I buy this. Which yeah. again, Saizo, like you've seen some stuff by this point. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was, I was, I appreciate that the other Rangers, after a brief moment, are like, well, yeah, okay, sure. Like, yeah, that may, that's totally reasonable. Why wouldn't Santa exist? We literally fight monsters every week. Saizo's inc- incredulity. I feel like in this case makes the least amount of sense. Yeah, man, I don't I don't really know. I, I think that they just needed to pay a little bit of lip service to the fact that like, I mean, Santa's not like a, a ninja or a yokai, and that is the mythology of the Kaku Ranger world. And so since there's a magic thing that exists outside of this or outside of them, maybe he had to like question it because of that. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, we see Nekamaru. Nekamaru is flying around. Ninja Man is following them on a cloud. And he says, I've always wanted to meet Santa. I've always wanted to get a Christmas present. Like, I've never gotten a Christmas present. He's never gotten so he's a Christmas very, present, you guys. He's very excited about that. I mean, he's been in which, a pot for 3,000 years. So he missed all of Christmases. I was going to say, well, wait. Or 1,000 years? It was 1,000 years, years. And they were definitely celebrating Christmas in some way a thousand years ago but but it is certainly not the modern christmas yeah well and also not in japan i'm fairly certain which leads me to wonder why ninja man would be excited about it maybe dude just likes presents i actually i have a very hard time getting a solid grasp on how like obviously ninja man is at least a thousand years old because he spent a thousand years in a space bottle but how old, like, attitudinally? Like, how mature he is? Yeah, like, is he supposed to be a grown-up or is he supposed to be a little kid? Because he fluctuates very widely. He does. I get the feeling that he, he feels 12 to me. Yeah, that's, yeah, he crushed it. Like, that's like he's exactly not a little kid. Amount. And, like, you know, he has this sort of, like, fits of, like, you know, temper tantrums that, like, a young adolescent does. Um, but he's still definitely, he's not grown up yet, but he has grown up enough that he feels like that children are sort of a separate classification from him. Yeah. 
So we we flip from there, like they're sort of having this conversation, and we would assume Necromaru is flying them to Santa's world. We flip to Skull Castle, and Daimu is talking to Umukade, and Umukade says, oh, yeah, man, when they get to Santa World, he doesn't explain how, he just says, when they get to Santa World, they will never return. That's it. Yeah, like, they'll be trapped in Santa World, and then all of the presents will go out, the kids will all get, like, zapped by the centipedes, then I'll have control over all the kids and cause chaos, and while there's chaos, that's when we, the yokai, can take over the world. Yes. Which is a pretty good plan. Oh, by the way, so, everyone... We, we didn't really cover this, but as they were going to Santa's world, all of the Kaku Rangers, like, when faced with the idea that someone was trying to, like, pervert Santa's, like, mission into doing evil, were just, like, furious. Like, the idea of using Santa to do evil is, like, unforgivable. Well, that's appropriate. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so the rangers show up at Santa's castle. Yeah, you know how Santa has a castle? Yeah, the best part, like, first, okay, listen, let me just say, I'm totally okay with the idea of Santa having a castle. The thing that I love about this is that there is, well, there's, there's one exception to the thing I'm about to say. There is literally no effort whatsoever to make this look like a Santa castle or even like a wintry castle. It's just... I mean, they sort of blow some like fake snow in front of the camera a few times as they're landing. Yeah, but that's it. This is not in the North Pole. This is like maybe... They may have bothered to go to Northern Japan, maybe. Potentially potentially but, other than that this is literally just it's just a castle yeah but here but they do do no, they one did, thing to make sure did. that you know that this is santa's castle and they oh, yeah. really committed to the bit the one thing that they did is that everyone at the castle is santa everyone the, is santa they are all, all santa. santas there is it's a all rocket like, gun oh my gosh like we will see a santa prime um, like the elder, who I think is like capital S, capital C, Santa Claus, but everyone here is a Santa. Right. So we see no Santa elves, gardeners. All Santas. Yeah. There's a Santa gardeners. There's a band. There's a Santa band. And there are Santa guards. Yeah. They're like, with like sentries spears. with spears. And <laughs> so, first of all, they're yeah. sneaking in. Oh, by I the way, understand. Okay. So he, here Where they have to sneak here. in. Please. Santa's castle. All Santas? Santa has a band? Santa has a spear. Why are they sneaking in? Yeah, Because I, they okay, do so... sneak into this place, and I cannot figure out why they don't just walk in and say, hey, we brought little Santa back. There's a problem. Yeah, so they are, like, they're sneaking in, and uh, it's all Santas. So... First of all, at first I was thinking about this and I was like, I do not like, I do not understand how to handle like the tribe of Santa. But then when I thought about it more, this is the best explanation. Like a whole, like Santa Prime having a ton of like magical kids who are all also Santa. That's the best explanation. Oh, and it works perfectly because it's like, uh, it's like Mall Santa. It's like the Phantom. 
like mall Santas and Salvation Army Santas. Like all of those dudes, like they're not Santa Santa, but per the like mythology of this show, like they all are a Santa. They like are they all are a, a legit Claus. Santa. They're just not like the elder Santa. Yeah, I am, Matt. I'm going to circle back around to it because I don't think you heard me. I also think we might be in like a phantom situation. Like oh, the sure. Santa who walks, you the know? Claus like, who so walks? When, yeah, the Claus, thank you. That's way better, actually. I wish we could edit out my dumb thing and just go with that. <laughs> so the Santa who walks is... Yeah, man, the Phantom is so rad. Sorry. I, love I just the got Phantom. lost on like a little tangent in my head about how rad the Phantom is. So everybody here is Santa. And they are sneaking in, but they do get caught. So little Santa explains to, there's like, all the Santas are just regular old Santas. Well, in the context, first of all, they're all skinny. I just want to say that first. Oh yeah, they're all skinny. They've all got fake beards, like fake white beards and fake mustaches and fake eyebrows. Yeah, they did not make any effort whatsoever to just get actual people who maybe looked like Santa, which makes sense, I think, because they're shooting the show in Japan. Uh, so it's all super fake beards, but not even good ones. Anytime you see any of these Santas from behind, you can just see their regular hair on oh, like yeah. the back of their head. <laughs> to the point uh, where like, I'm not even sure that those beards are supposed to be real, or if that's just part of a uniform they're wearing. That I like actually a whole lot better that you just have to wear a fake beard if you can't grow one. It's like LARP dwarves. <laughs> um, so, but there is one Santa who it looks a little bit better and also is like kind of shady looking in a way that I can't quite explain, but he just looks a little bit shifty. And so he somehow, he looks like he's in charge. But he's not the elder Santa. He's like Lieutenant Santa. Right. It's, it's very hard Santa. to tell these people apart because they're all wearing the exact same costume and big white beards on their faces. Well, that's actually going to work out really well in a second. Well, Little yeah. Santa explains to Lieutenant Santa, which is what I'm going to call him now. He says, listen, man, there is a problem. Like, I've got to speak to the elder. Lieutenant and Tsuruhime is like, yes, like the evil centipedes, blah, blah, blah. Lieutenant Santa isn't buying it. He commands the other Santas to attack. So the other Santas, like with the guard Santas, Sentry Santa, Sentinel Santa, Santa Sentinel. So Sentinel (laughs) Santas all like close in with spears. And then I forget exactly what the Rangers do, but they cause some hubbub. And then they like dive into a crowd of Santas. And then you see an aerial shot just of all of their ninja costumes flying up into the air. And then when it comes down, all the rangers are also dressed as Santas. It's so good, you guys. And, and they it just works perfectly. Yeah, because everybody looks the exact same. And so they just disappear into the sea of faceless Santas. It's incredible. You know what it sort of felt like, Dave? And this is something that you know better than I do. Um, it felt like if you're playing Hitman. Oh, yeah, you just put on the costume. Like, if you put on the appropriate costume, you can just walk through and no one bothers to look at you. Even though you are, like, clearly, like, you know, a weird bald dude with a tattoo on the back of your neck. In the most recent uh, Hitman game, there's, like, a training level right at the beginning. And they do, there is, like, one or two little throwaway lines where Hitman said, like, Agent 47 says something about that. 
And then the trainer's like, yeah, most people actually don't look at people. They just sort of look at the uniform, so you'll be fine. And I appreciated that they did address that. So the rangers just disappear into the Sea of Santas, which is incredible, like I said. And so we get a quick shot from there of the Elder. Yes. Now, in my notes, before I realized that this was the Elder Santa, I have him written down as Bad Santa. Yeah, he is not a good Santa. Well, okay, so here's the deal. This is, I think, not only the only white guy in this episode, I think he's the only white guy I've ever seen in a Sentai show. Um, to the point where when I saw him, I did not immediately realize that he was a white dude because it was so outside of what I was expecting to see. Um, He is, like, he's not, like you know, cartoon Santa fat, but he's, you know, he's a husky dude and he doesn't and have he, a Santa beard, but he does have a beard, but it's not a, a white beard. beard. It's like but it's, kind of it's a kinda, dingy gray beard. Yeah. It's not a great, like they didn't get a good Santa. He kind of looks like Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> <laughs> but like if he grew um, out the full beard. Yeah. Um, and so the even... Lieutenant Santa tells Bad Santa, like, hey, you know, like, this this is going down. And so we flip back, and he like, he's drinking something, he spews it out. We flip back from there, and we see that the rangers as Santas are sneaking around, and we are seeing yet more of the Santa world. And there's, like, a Santa cafe, and there's a Santa movie theater. Dave, do, do you and, want to tell? Do you want to tell our dear listeners what the Santas are watching at the Santa movie theater? Yes, I do. So, Santa World, it turns out, is its own complete world. And what world would be complete without the Super Sentai series? <laughs> and so they are watching. Be a, it would be a pale world, a pale, cheap imitation of a world. And so the Santas are watching. Santa Sentai Klaus Ranger? Yes, they are. And it's just, it's five Santas, and they are the Kaku Rangers. I think they just probably had the Kaku Rangers do it, and they go through, like, their whole, like, opening sequence as though they're hanging, but they're all just Santas. It's amazing. Like, I just want to watch that show now. So... It doesn't exist, but I do want to watch it. Uh, so Elder Santa appears on the screen, and he says, Hey! We have intruders. Like, everybody needs to look out. We have to find these fake Santas. And, like, they all are looking around. And at this point, like, our heroes could just continue to pretend to be the regular Santas here. But for some reason, they panic and they start to run. And everyone starts to chase them again. So the Rangers and Little Santa make it up to the Elder's room, but he's not there. Little Santa says, like, oh, no, he must already be in the delivery room Still not really, like, follow, figuring out what's going on, like, thinking it's just some sort of weird misunderstanding. So he runs down to the to the delivery room. And uh, it's it, Elder Santa, Bad Santa, appears on the screen again. He says, it's departure time. Everybody, like, get ready to go. Like, you're all going to go into your presence. And, yeah, and, someone and some says, of the other Santas are like, wait, it is, like, way too early. Like, we should not be leaving for another three hours. We have a schedule. And yeah. Elder Santa 
said like, no, it's fine. We need to leave now because there's like bad weather and we're going to get like we're going to get behind unless we leave early. So they all file into their like, you know, their magic SUVs with the reindeer horns on them and start to drive away. Yes. Well, they are all these cars, apparently. Right. They're all like lining up to pick their cars up. Little Santa says, like, no, 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 you have to believe me. And he runs up and he just grabs one of the presents from the older Santas, opens it up. Of course, there's a centipede in it. It jumps on him and, like, bites him and he starts to pass out. The rangers run up and they say, like, little Santa, are you okay? And he just says, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. And they interpret this as saying, you need to defend the honor and mission and integrity of Santa Claus. And then they, of course, say, yes, we will do that thing for you, you brave, brave little Santa boy. So they run off and they find Santa Prime. Yeah. And they say, like, okay, we've figured it out. You are not Santa. You are Omokade. And we need to, like, fight you to get you to transform back into your yokai form so that we can defeat you. Yeah. So there's two rad things that happen. The first is that they start to fight Santa, who drops some, like, crazy magic, like, telekinesis on them. Oh, he also has, like, a frost breath weapon attack. Yes. Which, at first, you're like, yeah, well, okay, like, all the yokai have that. And then it turns out that this is, in fact, Elder Santa. Yeah. He is being possessed by a Mukade. Like, he's being controlled by a Mukade. Yeah, like, in the tussle, they find, like, that same, like, centipede tattoo on his arm. So he's already been, like, controlled. But, yeah. like, all of those, like, but... cool magic powers... And the That's fact, just like, Santa. Yeah, like, Santa can just take out the Cockerages anytime he wants. It's Santa Yeah, Santa Claus. just has frost breath. This is, um, I, I love the idea that Santa is like an elder mystical being. He's like a level 20 elder mystical being. You know what I mean? It's very good. So the rangers are like, oh my gosh, like, this is a problem because this is not actually Santa. Who is the actual Santa? Yes, obviously. I shouldn't say obviously because I thought Elder Santa was a Mukade. Like, they tricked me. It turns out it's Lieutenant Santa yes. is actually a Mukade. So we cut outside and Lieutenant Santa is talking to Ninja Man. And they yep. are both getting into Nekamaru. And he's saying like, oh, thank you so much for helping me, Ninja Man. Like, let's go around and deliver these presents. I'll make sure that you get the best centipede of them all. Oh, I mean, oh, the best present. I didn't say centipede. I'm not evil. Let's get going. Yeah. And Ninja Man's like, that's great. I've always wanted a Christmas present. Super cool. So they drive off in Nakamaru. The rangers run out and they're like, wait, guys, but Nakamaru can't hear them. So we go from there to the quarry. Yeah, well, I mean, Nekamaru it's Christmas lands. Eve. Where else would you yeah. go? So, Nekam- in the middle of the day, because that's when you deliver presents, well, in the day Now, to, to be fair, quarry. they did say they were starting to deliver presents three hours early. Okay, that's fair. So, now, it was nighttime when they left Santa's world, but it's, you know, that's a magical world. Things might be different. Who knows? So, Nekamaru lands, and then they're, they're, they're about to hop out, and then Subasamaru just slides up. And Ninja Man's like, oh, hey, it's Super Samaru. Check it out. And Super Samaru gave the Rangers a ride back from Man- Santa's world. Yeah, they're all just like on his back or her back. Human world. So 
they land and they yell out to Ninja Man like, Hey, Ninja Man, that's not a Santa Claus. That's a Mukade. Nekamaru sort of freaks out a little bit. And Ninja Man, like, jumps away from Evil Santa, Lieutenant Santa, towards oh. them. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they were both still in Nekamaru at the time, and Nekamaru just, yeah. like, throws both of them out the door. Right. Now, there's sort of a weird moment here, because Ninja Man is furious that he was tricked, but then the Rangers are, like, giving him attitude about being tricked. They're like, how could you be that dumb? Like, I can't believe you fell for that. That was such a stupid trick. Leaving out the fact that, Rangers, you attacked actual for real Santa Claus. (laughs) Like, you tried to stab Santa Claus. So let's maybe not get too down on other people for getting tricked about some things. That is fair. So uh, Ninja Man is furious about being tricked, and uh, they all sort of, and, you know, they're like, ah, we're going to fight. So Omukade does centipede missile which is just a energy missile from his back. He does Deadly Centipede Ball, which is just Centipede Ball from earlier. But this time, Uh, he says that it's deadly, and he does it twice. Yeah. So Ninja Man, this is cool. Ninja Man sort of, like, kicks the ball back at him from midair, and then they just use Cocker Ranger Ball. Which, which, listen, this is the one time they are fighting a football-themed monster. They have a football-themed attack. Or maybe it's a rugby-themed attack. I've never been able to figure that out. But it is thematically appropriate. No, here's... Okay, listen. I can see how at first blush it would seem that way, Matt. This is the last... This is like the one opportunity (laughs) they had for Cocker Ranger Ball to not work. Like, he could have just looked at that and said, like, you think that's going to work on me? And I don't know caught it and thrown it back at them or something. Like, I was actually a little bit irritated that Cocker Ranger Ball worked on the football-themed yokai. That is But it does. But it works. And Omukade says, well, okay, now it's just time to get giant and, you know, finish the episode, basically. Yeah, that's... So, he goes giant. They summon Muteki Shogun and Kakure Dai Shogun and Subasamaru, I think, is already there. Uh, They fight, and then they kill Omukade, who, as his dying words, says, Merry Christmas. Yes, which, you know, I mean, it's... Whatever, dude. It's the, it's the Christmas episode. I mean, you know, Merry Christmas, I guess, guys. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a dead, giant, football-themed centipede monster. Uh, <laughs> so we go back from there to Santa's world. All the Santa... Uh, little Santa has woken up. All the Santas are super happy about it. Now, I'm not totally sure about this, Matt, but I am fairly certain... That I, I think that one of the dudes playing one of the Santas was... Rita slash cameo like the yellow ranger from Jetman and cameo from die ranger i mean i would believe it there were a lot of people standing around in santa costumes i just don't know how just, would you can how you could possibly confirm it with all of the fake beards covering their faces uh i'm gonna be honest it's just that he was like hefty and had glasses on okay but i was like i know they recycle actors a lot so i sort of hoped it was so they're all very relieved that little Santa is okay. And then, uh, you know, hooray. So we cut back to the Cocker Rangers and Ninja Man. And they, it is Christmas Eve. And I can't tell if they are setting up the uh, crepe truck or tearing it down for the day. I think they're tearing it down because it's like the end of the day. Um, yeah, but, you know, they just finished an adventure. They've been busy all day. They still got to make some money. 
yeah, well, everybody else is home uh, with their families, and then Conquer Rangers don't have families, aside from each other, we would assume. So there's nobody who's out doing Christmas, Christmas Eve. But they're having a Christmas Eve together, and they say, ah, you know, it looks like it's going to be a nice Christmas Eve. As they are saying this, like, the streetlights turn on, and it's not just it's the like streetlights, it's, it's all yeah, like... Yeah, it's like a bunch like, of Christmas lights. Yeah. And then it starts snowing. And the lights, they're like, oh, the lights are so beautiful. They actually are really nice. Like, they're super pretty. And then someone says, like, where's Ninja Man? And they look over, and Ninja Man is asleep on a, on like a bench, it looks like. And he is sleeping under a stocking waiting for Santa, we would assume. And it was very I'm, nice. It's a very it nice is. episode to a very fun... I'm sorry, it's a very nice ending to a very nice episode. I don't know how Ninja Man... I guess we just have to assume that Ninja Man has done some, like, Christmas research. Because that stocking thing is definitely, like, occurred while he was in a space bottle. Oh, so yeah, So I'm not sure, sure how he knows about that. And I'm not... Again, I'm not really sure why he's super into Christmas, aside from that getting presents is really fun for him. For everybody. Hey, like we said, he so, is basically a 12-year-old. And what do 12-year-olds love? Christmas. Presents. I mean, what does everyone love Christmas? But, you know, 12-year-olds, I feel like, especially. Yeah. So, that, that is the episode, Matt. But we're not quite done. No, we are not, The question Dave. is, where does this weird football centipede monster fall on the Creature Royale? Well, I kind of loved him okay i i loved him a little bit i dug his plan sort of it was a good plan although i didn't like it because like i said that's sort of like a literal nightmare oh sure except listen yeah except not with centipedes with uh, the scarabs from the mummy oh yeah. yeah 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 still can't sleep with my feet uncovered the good mummy yeah the good one not the most, the Brendan Fraser one. Yeah, so, the good mummy. Yeah, the good mummy. So it's a good plan. I dig his look. I really I dig his look. I love this episode. I love that, again, I love that he is completely unrelated to Christmas stuff and just happens to be in the Christmas episode. I love this episode and basically everything in it. And like, honestly, his plan is great. It's like, a good one. He he discovered a like ready-made magical distribution model. Um like snuck in and brainwashed Santa Claus and was going to use it to take over all the children on earth. Like I'm glad that it didn't work, but like you know, good thinking. So, Matt, let me just start you off with another yokai that did a bunch of like mind control on some kids. I'm talking about Kama Itachi, the sickle weasel. Dave, I gotta tell you, I was looking at the exact same spot on the list because I feel like they are pretty similar in a lot of regards. And also, their episodes were really, like, their episodes were obviously different because one of them was, like, school-themed and one of them was Christmas-themed. But in both cases, they have this sort of, like, weird setup where they are sort of operating within an organization. Right. So, I like... I'm torn. Just as a pure monster, I like Sickle Weasel better. Because the idea of a flying jet jet weasel with sickle arms, like just saying it made me smile. 
and a football centipede is cool, but not that cool. But I like this episode so much more, and I think his plan is a lot better. Yeah. But truth, I'm kind of like floating. I wouldn't go too, too far away from Kama Itachi. So I think I like him better than Kama Itachi. I don't know if I like him better than Saragami the Ninja Monkey. No. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you who Kaku, Kaku Ranger Ball did not work on, at least initially. It's Ninja Monkey. It's true. So, so just below Sanrogami, the Ninja Monkey is Bakuki, the Illusionist, and Umibozu, the Navy Monster. Better than Umibozu? Th- I do think I like him better than Umibozu. If, yeah, if he's better than Kamaitachi, he is better than Umibozu. And honestly, I don't remember why we put Kamaitachi under Umibozu. I think I like Kamaitachi Yeah, I'm looking more. at that again, and I'm having trouble with that. Like, I don't like editing the list afterwards, but I just feel like that doesn't make sense to me. That almost feels like a typo. You know, maybe it was because Umibozu, um, like, created the giant skull building. Oh, yep, that was it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why. He got a lot of points for that. A lot of points for that giant skull building. That's totally rad. So I don't like him as much as Saragami. But I don't think I like him as much as Bakuki the Illusionist. Dave, remind me, who was Bakuki the Illusionist? Yeah, Bakuki the Illusionist was that he showed up right when Ninja Man did, and he had all sorts of like crazy illusionary powers. He looked sort of like a Final Fantasy wizard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like um, he's I liked those episodes, but I did not like the episode nearly as much as I liked this episode. Okay, so what that sounds to me is that that dude sits just under Saragami, the Ninja Monkey. Which, that I mean, dude, puts him in... for me. Yeah, which puts him in good company. That puts him two below Iron Mask Choryu, and then we're up into like Lipstick Songstress and Gakitsuki and Fashion Dimension. So, exalted company. And spot number 25. Right on. So that does it for the Creature Royale segment, which means that that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Kaku Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the th- things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I think it's technically Apple Podcasts now. I'm going to try to remember to say that, but I wrote down iTunes three years ago and I've been saying it every week since then so (laughs) there's gonna be a transition period but rate and review us on apple itunes no wait apple podcasts uh it helps people whatever whatever it is called whatever it is that's what helps people find the show uh super sentai brothers are a production of retrograde orbit radio uh to find any of the other great retrograde orbit radio shows you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com once again we are the super sentai brothers i'm matt I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.